No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll play Mario with Lincoln, and he knows that, like, when you go down a tube, like a pipe, he goes. It's really cute. I love it, <laughs> guys. Welcome to Real Awkward. Welcome, the best damn podcast you've heard today. Thank you, Robot Man. That wasn't me. I pressed a button. Oh, I saw it. Ba 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 button. My name's Andy. I'm Amanda. I'm Ashley. Guys, if you have never heard this podcast before, you're in for a real treat, my friends. Oh, we yes, have you are. so much fun here on the podcast. What? You just scared so many people away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, we talk about all nerd culture, fun, geeky stuff. Um, we have something special for you today. If you have clicked on this episode, that's because you want to know about the Nintenders, right? Yes. Right? Yes. So sure. first I got to talk about, you know, Nintendo in general. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Mm. Are we talking about like Nintendo Nintendo? No. Or like what every older lady calls a game system? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A Nintendo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like when you had a PlayStation. It's like, what are you and, what are you playing, and Derek playing? You've been playing that Nintendo all day. <laughs> it's like, this is PlayStation. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Do the dishes. Finish your Nintendo. Get off your Nintendo. Damn Nintendo. Do your homework. Uh, this episode is part of our 101 series. If you guys have not checked those out, we have done some awesome stuff that introduce you into the topic at hand. This is kind of like a For Dummies podcast, right? Yeah, you know it's, kind of, it's kind of like a once-over. So we've done an anime one, a comic book one, a wrestling one. Um, and a another one. That we haven't debuted yet. I was going to say, don't put yourself in a pigeonhole, depending on when we release the episode. Whoopsie dipsy. So, uh, whipsie dipsy. Whipsie dipsy. There's actually an episode of Friends where Chandler says it wrong. He says, what does he say? Whoop-a-pash or something like that. They're like, no, dude, it's whoop Like, you're whipped. He's like, nuh-uh, it's whoop-a-pash. He's like, no, you're saying it wrong. So that would be it. Whipsie dipsies. I've done a whoopsie dipsy. Okay, everyone's left mm-hmm, the podcast. Mm-hmm, Listen, mm-hmm. guys, the Nintendo 101 is going to be about the NES. This series is going to also follow other game consoles down the line, but today we're specifically talking about the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, wow. 8-bit graphics. Okay. Okay? So first, I got to ask some questions to my two counterparts here. What do you guys know about Nintendo. Like, when I say NES, what do you think about? Like, nothing? <laughs> they like both stare very, at me. I mean, wait, so do you want to know like, what I... When I'm like, hey, Amanda, are you a fan of the NES? What would you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. just say, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. what do you... I feel like it's your... just kind of a loaded question. Like, there's a lot to say about and that. that, that I guess that's my question is, like, what do you want me to say? Well, I guess for some cause... people, they would just... Do you instantly just think, like, oh, yeah, Mario and Zelda... Or do you think of like the type of controller? Do you think about the console? I guess for myself, I would think about the look of the controller, the console, the look of how the games are, the cartridge mm-hmm. itself, right? And then a couple of the core games that I would probably have played on it, right? And you played Nintendo as a kid or not? Yeah, it came out before I think I was born, right? But um, my dad had one, and we would play it. I was gonna say for anybody that is a fan. Uh, if this is just a recap, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history and those things with it. 
from this point forward, when I say Nintendo, I'm talking about the NES. I'm not sure. talking about the Super Nintendo. I'm not talking about That's 64. Fine. I'm not talking about the company. Like you said, Mom's PlayStation, which is a Nintendo. <laughs> We're talking about the Nintendo, the original Nintendo here yeah. uh, in the U.S. So, what about you, Ash? Did you ever have or play a Nintendo? I never had one. I recall playing Duck Hunt. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I that's, feel like that's all I remember. That's some people's jam. Like when they think of Nintendo, they're just like, I just want to like blow up some birds and have my dog go pick them up. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. which as a kid, I don't know if you, you guys can speak for yourselves, but I thought that was amazing. It was really cool. Oh, totally. Like, and I liked the, uh, I mean, all the, a lot of 8-bit games have great music. Right. But I liked the music in it because if you shot a bird, the music was cool. And then yeah. you missed it. <laughs> right. The dog like made fun of you in a way. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was some cool stuff with Nintendo and the development of their video games. But you guys clicked on this because you want to know what is up with Nintendo. I want to learn about Nintendo. I want to know what the Nintendo is about. I want to know what this game culture is about. How did we get here? This is kind of the roots. Like so when you talk about grassroots of of where we are today in video games, the Nintendo has to be on that list for like the first starting out of the gate. Now this wasn't the origination of video games. That was around before Nintendo. No, because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to talk about this for too sure. long. Yeah. But basically, the Atari came out before the Nintendo. Absolutely. There was and, a, and, and 30 to 70 other consoles. Yes. Yes. But then mm-hmm. the Atari was like one of the big ones. Yeah, that was a big name. But then, mm-hmm. so you had this initial craze. Yes. And then a couple bad games on the Atari kind of almost sealed the deal yeah. on video games. So it actually wasn't a couple. It was like hundreds. Yes, I just mean so, like, yeah. well, because they were trying to crank out games so fast. Yeah, so basically what was happening is from the 70s all the way up until 1983, mm-hmm. there was hundreds of video game consoles. ColecoVision and television, yeah. freaking uh, Atari, right? And 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 a bunch of others. Magnavox made some stuff and, and Sharp, I think, made some stuff. And... At this point, um, number one, don't quote me on that. I'm probably wrong on those two names. But in general, sure, whatever. Uh, there was no quality control. Right. They basically were like, hey, here's a system. Anybody can make a game. And the games would be sometimes dog shit. Now, yeah. the covers would be amazing. No. Like, that's how games were sold back then because they were one bit. It means there was literally one dot on the screen or a series of one dots that created an image. But it looked very archaic. If you know Atari, you know what we're talking about. With the way that screen works. So in 1983, so many crap games, crap, 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 crap. E.T. comes out. I was going to say, then E.T. came out. (laughs) E.T. came out. It was rushed in six weeks. They brought this game out. It didn't make sense. Nobody understood it. It literally was kind of like the start of it. They made so many because it was a licensed title. Mm -hmm. They literally threw the shit in a landfill. Uh Wait, E.T. came out for the Nintendo? For for the Atari. Atari. Okay, Yes, sorry. E.T. came out for the Atari in 1983, um, and it was it was vastly and fastly rushed, and it ended up being a terrible game. And this was like, it's like the straw that broke the camel's yes. back, basically. Everybody was like, dude, all these games keep coming out. Nothing's good. Like, we're paying you know, 40, well, 50 like, bucks probably per kind of cartridge. Like, if this is what video games is, this is shit. Yeah, it's like, I'm out of here. So uh-huh. it is actually called the video game crash of 1983. Yeah. So uh, stock was high. And it all plummeted mm-hmm. within like a couple months. We're yeah. talking like peop- they, there was billions of dollars moved to millions of dollars in the entire industry. So 
everybody pulled stock or clearanced it out. So we're talking like every retail, every video game store was like, we are not selling this stuff anymore. It's garbage. Let's clear it out. And everybody lost tons of money. Yeah. So, and most people are like, why does this have to deal with Nintendo? It's huge because now Nintendo, which was originally a card. Playing cards. Playing cards in uh, 1889 mm-hmm. is when they started their playing card company. They ran with that until like the late 60s to early 70s. It was literally just for playing cards. It was Nintendo's game company, but it was games about playing cards. Mm-hmm. That was it. And so Nintendo, uh, they started in um, 1983. They created what's called the Famicom. Yep. The Famicom stands for the family computer. This is Jap- uh, Japanese. Uh, it was released in Japan. It was a hit over in Japan. So the U.S. market got nailed by all of this video game crash of 1983. The Famicom comes out in Japan, super successful. People love it. It looks like a toy, though. So it's like red and white. The controllers sit on the side of it. It seems very flimsy, I think, when you look at it. But it was successful. So uh, Nintendo knew that they had something awesome on their hands. They were like, we've got this Famicom, but now we got to get into the U.S. market. Okay, how do we do this? There was just a crash in 1983. Everybody liquidated their stock. They think video games are an effing joke. Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to do? So Nintendo started to come up with these fantastic ideas. Like they were doing everything they could. So arcades didn't die. So consoles died, but the arcade scene was still pretty popular. Yeah. Um, if you guys are familiar, there's an arcade called Donkey Kong, right? Yep. What? Okay. Donkey Kong was like that go-to. Mm-hmm. So when you made these consoles, everyone was like, we want you to be able to play Donkey Kong at home. So that was like everyone's go-to. Like they were like, how do we make Donkey Kong like a true Donkey Kong port? So that kind of lit the fire under all of these video game consoles trying to mimic the arcade because it was so successful in the arcades. So Nintendo, they're working really hard at it. They create something for the U.S. market that they call the AVS it's like the advanced video game system. And it looked very much like a home computer. It was, they, they took away that like red and white color from Toy the Famicom. Look. And it's like a full working keyboard. There's a zapper with it that actually turned into a wand. Oh, cool. And all the controllers were wireless. And you could mm-hmm. put like the controllers in like a little compartment. There was like a disk drive that was separate for it too. The problem is, is from the market, people were already just tired of the video game consoles. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what had happened is Nintendo was trying to get their foot in the door in the market and they continued to laugh them off. Like there would be all these retailers that were just like, we're not going to put another video game console in our goddamn store. Mm-hmm. Like we have lost money on it. We have been investing in companies like yours for the last 10 years. Atari screwed us over. ColecoVision screwed us over, right? So they kept being pigeonholed in this box. Meanwhile, in Japan, the Famicom's kicking ass. It's yeah, doing it's great. Huge. So like, how do we get this damn thing in America? So arcades were prevalent. They were doing awesome. They took that system, that AVS system, and they actually created what's called the Arcade Versus Nintendo, where they could take the cartridges that were in the Famicom, put them in an arcade cabinet, and switch out games. So it's basically the fam- Famicom guts in an arcade cabinet, yeah. which gave you an opportunity to test out video games in the U.S. and see what would do well. So they worked really hard on their arcade cabinets first, build branding on Nintendo's like uh, name. They were basically like, how do we make sure that people know 
we're still kick-ass. Like, we've got quality stuff, and they need to know how a console would do. So Nintendo worked really hard, and they started to uh, mock up designs for this new system. Now, I talked about the AVS that looked like a home computer, had keyboard console with it. They knew no one would care. They knew that it would look too much like another version of the Atari crap, right? So they redesigned it. They slimmed it down. And they're like, what in the world would this, would, would gather people's interest? And they're like, what if we made it look like a VCR? Yeah. So if you think about it, um, VHS tapes were a craze back then, right? Like that was the high end. The beta, the VHS war was happening in the early 80s. VCR one, it's like, well, make it look like a VCR. So no one will question it. And then on top of it, let's package it with a toy. Yes. So, so yeah. this is where I start to know how Nintendo right. got into America. Right, you're a little I, I wasn't listening to you just now, by the way, when I was on my phone. I, <laughs> I realized, like, I don't think I knew what an AVS looked like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you look so it up? So I Googled yeah, it. Right. It literally, you'd think, like, mm-hmm. this is an old computer yeah, it's setup. Yeah, it's what it looks like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's the old computer colors and everything. It looks like a computer. So... The I know you're going to get there, so yeah, I'm not going to sure, jump too far ahead. Sure. The This is where I start to know how Nintendo got their foot in the American market, mm-hmm. was they weren't marketing a video game console. They were marketing an interactive robot toy. Right, right. So basically what they did is they marketed, and they did everything they could to not call it like a video game console. Yes. So they called the games game packs instead of cartridges, because that's what Atari called their stuff was a cartridge. They called it, um, uh, on their merchandise, they took out the uh, console and made it a control deck, is what they called Got it. Got it. They're like, get our control deck with our controllers that uh, use a game pack to control Rob yes. the robot, which yes. was this robot that, like, you played this game, and based on how you moved on the screen, Rob could move things up and down, and, and it would control his robotic arms and those types of things. So I, I think Rob is super cute. He's cool. I would yeah. love a Rob, but knowing right. my life, my kid would think he was a real toy, and, <laughs> and my and investment him. would right. be ruined. And I think I think Nintendo called it the Deluxe Package, if I'm not mistaken, which got you Rob the Robot. And then you got just the Control Deck Package, which had bundled Super Mario Brothers like in okay. it okay? as those options. So... They're struggling still, right? They're just like, it's a toy to market. Some of them were kind of like, wait, this is a game console. So Nintendo had a sales guy. I I didn't write his name down because it doesn't really matter in the story to me. But he went in and they're like, let's hit up our New York market, okay? Mm -hmm. We're going to pay for everything. We're going to go into your store. We're going to staff it. We're going to set up all of your marketing. We're going to have people come in, test this stuff out, play this stuff. Um, not only am I going to give you 90 days credit on all of your merchandise, you can return it if you want to, um, but also we are going to uh, be covering like the staff wages. Like we're talking – It, it this will was be like, free for you to this sell was this. like people – so what it said when I was researching it is they were like, sure, it's your funeral. Like, Kind of. Bring your shit in. Not our problem if you felt falter. Who this sales guy was? Well, they obviously are making enough money in Japan to be able to do this. Well, he didn't tell Japan headquarters oh. that what he was doing. He basically was just like, for us to be successful, we have to get this in people's hands. Yes. And we have to have them play it. And we have to figure out how we're going to uh, jump back into this market. Yeah. So here's the problem is um, press back then, right? Magazines, uh, newspapers, stuff like that. They're like, Nintendo's crazy. They're like, did you not know that there was a crash in 83? Yeah. 
literally the same year you're trying to push another console out here, right? So 85 is when they actually started to hit the market, but there's like this year of 84 where Nintendo's like slowly trying to throw in, we've got a toy console thing here that you should check out. It's a robot, they, not a video game console. <laughs> yeah, and they went back and Nintendo was like, okay, let's get rid of the fancy colors and let's make it look more streamlined like a VCR. Let's give some grays and some blacks in was it. Was this make it more boxy. Or after the New York guy? Uh, this is uh, this is when they are taking the AVS down to like a manageable console um, at roughly the same time that they're going to be presenting it, Got it like at their Tokyo game show and sure. those types of things, too. So um, the, cre- the the press is basically like they're questioning Nintendo's sanity. They're yeah. like, you're going to lose millions of dollars in this yeah. market. Like there's no way that you can do it. So they do it and they package Rob the Robot and they bamboozle everybody like they're just like. They have no idea what's going on. Um, they, they're like, this Rob thing is cool, but who cares about Rob? Have you guys seen the games that come on this console? Yeah. Have you guys seen like what's available for this thing? So Nintendo learned a lot from the way that this crash happened. So because there was no um, quality control with Atari and all these other consoles, Nintendo actually had specifics if you wanted to produce for them. So number one, it had to be two years exclusive on Nintendo only. Hmm. That was unheard of. You could basically develop for any console back then, but it was like you only two years. And then you couldn't produce more than five games in a single year because they would pump stuff out. Like imagine Pong. Pong probably took you, once you knew what you were doing, a week to develop your game, pop it out, make a bunch of copies, pop it out. So they said five, five games within a year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they also did their first lockout chip, which meant that you could not uh, use the game on anything other than Nintendo. So you couldn't take that cartridge and like pop that into something else. Oh, sure. Right? Or it, take the software. Proprietary and, so, mm-hmm. uh, right. yeah, hardware. So when you think of Nintendo, you think of Super Nintendo, right? It always had like a special type of cartridge yeah. for it to go into. Yeah. Because they didn't want you to be able to use it for other systems. Sure, well, this I get was that. Nintendo's first like entry into what they are now today. They hold their shit. Mm-hmm. Like literally no one is allowed to use the IPs. No one is allowed to use the characters. Yeah. Um, they didn't want anybody stealing the technology. So. But it makes sense because it's the first steps in them. Very much hardcore branding their stuff. Right. Yes. And and the fact that they were trying to make it look... They're trying to make it look like a VCR. So like the, the game pack slid into an open yeah. like door, right? Versus it, everything was top loading mm-hmm. back in the day. Atari, ColecoVision, it all came under the top. Well, and the way so that you trying to insert, change it over. The way that you mm-hmm. insert an NES cartridge in yes. is exactly what a VHS would do. Right. You'd put the VHS tape in and push it down. And push it down. And yeah. then you could just and it would start up. You press the yeah. power and it would just start up. Uh, in this time frame too, Nintendo started to focus not only on the quality, but also the design of the games. So uh, of course, graphics mattered. They moved from the from the the one two bit graphics to the eight bit quality mm-hmm. graphics, and then they worked on the sound design. Yes, anybody that knows Nintendo knows their sound on the NES was unique. Mm-hmm. You didn't get that stuff with Atari, no. right? You, You'd get just like little chips and blips. Yeah, but. they knew that you could take that music and have it accompany the gameplay for the first time. So now you've got iconic sound. For games like Mario, mm-hmm. games like Zelda, games like Metroid, this is all stuff you never heard before. And now it's turned into basically like the ethos that is Nintendo comes from some of these original games. They I, fought for this music and before honestly, that was like, not important. 
I love it's called like now we call it chip tunes. But like right. <laughs> sure, I, yeah, I love yep. that stuff. Yeah. I have multiple albums that I listen to all the time when I just want music, but I don't really want words or anything. It's just like songs that are put into like eight bit sound. Like um, Right. Oh sure. And it's yep. fun. Yeah. And it's um it is. It's very like it and I always found it interesting that just the sounds that you were able to make on these little like keyboards just with like the sound of yeah, these consoles. Right. You can make music out of it. And Some of them amazing. It's like whoever figured that out was a genius. Well, Nintendo putting all of this together, right? They've got these rules, these regulations. Mm-hmm. Now they were actually able to stamp what was called the Nintendo Seal of Quality. Yes. And and if you're unfamiliar with a Nintendo cartridge, it has this small, what looks like, almost like a ribbon star mm-hmm. on it that says Nintendo Seal of Quality. And that meant that they verified that game was legit. It was a good quality build. It wasn't shovelware. Um, yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with the term shovelware, it means when you can create software quickly that has basically no backing gameplay, um, no constructive... Garbage. Gar- yes, garbage. This happened with the Wii that was more current. Okay, yeah. The Wii was very popular. When a console becomes popular and developers know that they can make something for it and make some money, then they quickly push stuff out. They push stuff out that's not quality. It's called shovelware. And that was happening in the uh, video game crash of 1983. So Nintendo finally had a seal of quality. So you could not have a game on the system without that stamp. So there were some things Nintendo was doing right, like just figuring it out. And at this point, this was relatively new to everybody. Like there was the Famicom over in Japan, but for us, we're like, we knew Nintendo because of some arcades and we knew some playing cards maybe, but this console, like how do you get into a market that was so volatile before? So the crazy thing is you could think about it this way. If that didn't happen, if that sales guy didn't bust his ass and lie, if he didn't like set these contracts up that could have destroyed Nintendo back on the other side, if they didn't fake it out and say that it was a robot toy instead of that, uh, instead of a video game console, we might not have seen Nintendo the way that we did. Nintendo was over fighting with Sega at the time. Sega had their... Call it like the 1000 Master System, I think. Um, and that was that had market share over in Japan. Like, originally, Nintendo and Sega, both Japanese companies, they're fighting like over this market share of video games. And US was technically an untapped market mm-hmm. because Europe was flopping, Russia was just coming out of the um the disband of the of the USSR, yeah. right? And so you've just ha- you've had no other market. So USA was like your make or break deal. So they do were you, playing. Do you know very interesting. like the chicken before the egg? Yeah, like the marketing guy who made all those promises or those guarantees. Right. Did that come before or after they started this like seal of approval thing? Like, did they do it as a result of him being like? I've made all these promises now, and they're like, well, crap, we better make sure that this, like, we can back yeah. this up, because... Um, well, they knew... Or they, vice versa. They knew just because of their success with the Famicom that quality games were going to keep the market going. So they already had that going with Japan. Yeah, so, so that marketing guy already had that security yeah, to be knew. like, I'm confident yeah. that this is not going to be a bust. He knew, but how do you convince these retailers that just got boned yeah. by thousands if not millions of dollars yeah. from these shitty Atari machines. But that really does back him Coleco up machines. to be yeah, like, right. like we are guaranteeing that this is not shovelware. This is quality. Mm-hmm. It's got all these extra aspects to it, like yeah. the music, et cetera. Like he had material to be like, this is why I know that this is not going to flop. Well, and, and he had to, he had to go to them 
and classify it as a toy under the retailer's, uh, it's called the retailer's product description. So it was not categorized as a video game console or an electronic device. It was categorized as a toy. Mm. So that got him into the retail. Because we're talking like retailers would not use the product. FAO, FAO shorts. Hey, we want to come in. Like we're Nintendo. Nope. Yeah, no. Like what are you supposed to do? So yeah. they literally went and they devised their own plan to go to this small like New York market and go to these stores and say, we're going to staff your store. We're going to sell this product ourselves. Yeah. You just need to let us have the space. That's it. And you don't have to pay for any product. It's going to bring people in. Like, that's not heard of today. No. Right. I'm not going to go into Target and I'm going to be like, I'm staffing myself. I'm bringing everything in. Like, you don't have to pay for anything. Like, that doesn't work. Everybody wants something for it. So this could have, it could have flopped. Like, it could have been an absolutely terrible, uh, terrible situation <laughs> anyway for Nintendo. So, with the, with the quality, you had these developers. So it's like third-party developers, okay? Nintendo's great. Nintendo had Donkey Kong. They had Mario. Some of this stuff had been in the arcades previously, right? They're porting it over to this console. It looks great. But Nintendo overall didn't have a lot back then, right? There was no Kirby's yet. There was no Star Foxes yet. Like, all of these IPs were pretty small. So you had some of these third parties coming to them, but they didn't have a way to do any production. Like, they're like, hey, we've got some games, like, we're interested in working on some stuff with you, but I've got no production. So how can you help us out? So Nintendo actually said, we'll produce the games. It's going to cost you 20% of the production cost and then 10% for licensing fees. So Nintendo got 30% cut out of every single game that was developed for these third parties. The first one to come to them was Namco, who huh. does Pac-Man. Yeah. And then Hudson Soft. If you guys aren't familiar with Hudson Soft, they actually created what's called the Turbo Graphics. Is that the one? It's like the little bee. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yes, it's a logo of like a little bee. Yeah. Um, but these third parties would develop things for Nintendo, but now they're stuck in Nintendo platforms. Right. Right. I mean, with the licensing fee and everything, it's like, and you need Nintendo seal of seal of approval and quality. Yeah. So Nintendo did a lot of things right, but they really strong armed. Mm-hmm. Like for a long time, and there was there wasn't a whole lot of competition. So, well, they 19- were, but they were also the only video game company making money. Well, nineteen eighty uh, eighty three is the Famicom, but it doesn't actually come out to the U.S. until nineteen eighty five. Mm-hmm. Nintendo doesn't actually start making money on the NES until like eighty six, well, eighty seven, and uh, Sega was on the horizon with the Genesis, the next system up, the upgrade, sixteen yeah. uh, bits in eighty eight. So Nintendo had like this three-year window where there wasn't competition. Mm-hmm. There's a video game crash and the new system's still three years away. So they're just like, they're just bringing it, right? They're, and, and at this point, they're like, okay, we got them in. We got the toys, okay? It's a toy. Now no one cares. You could take the toy out. We're going to call it a control deck. Yeah. Okay, throw Mario in there. Now we need games. Mm-hmm. So 86, 86, 87 rolls around. Zelda comes out. Got it. First game ever. And if you guys aren't familiar who's listening, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, um, it is a huge popular series now. It is it is spanned from the Nintendo all the way up through the Nintendo Switch. If you are... With, it's possible a, you, you don't know about Zelda. It's possible. And you have never heard of the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> you if you're listening to this podcast, a Amanda wants you to peace out. Uh, something about it struck a chord with gamers. They're incredible they just, games. It, I mean, and, and the music is oh to my God, this day beautiful. incredible. But what it did is it created the first uh, 
game to ever get to a million sold copies. Oh, really? First game ever. So I assumed Super Mario Brothers would have done that. No, well, it uh, it's Super Mario Brothers is tough because it's a packing game. Well, yeah, it so comes it's like no with matter it. what, you're gonna get Super Mario Brothers yeah. when you buy the console. So you can't really you can't really Count throw that. that into your yeah. mix. Yeah, yes, Super Mario Brothers was literally the best selling game, but it was also a packing game. So you kind of were forced to get it. But Zelda, on its own merit, literally first million copies. Nice. And then uh, Nintendo, it's kind of like their creme de la creme. They're like, we, we're, things started to slow down, okay? 88 hits. The Genesis comes out with 16-bit graphics. Nintendo's like, we don't have anything till 1991. Yeah. That's when the Super Nintendo comes out. Yeah. So they're like, what are we going like, to do? What do we do? They come out with Super Mario Brothers 3. Right. And that thing hits. That game is five hundred so million copies. Sold. I can understand that because it's fucking iconic. It is, oh the music my God. is Amazing. incredible. Amazing. It's easily one of my top three favorite Super Mario games. Yes, right. <laughs> right. I do have a quick question. Yeah. Legend of Zelda. Yes. Did it originally come out with the gray cartridge? So there was uh, special editions. Yeah, when did right? the gold happen? So gold happened uh, later. Mm-hmm. Gold happened later, if I'm not mistaken. So I know that there was a special edition, like the gold one that kind of made it unique. Yeah. But the gray cart variants were also produced to uh, just create um, uh, less production costs okay. in general. So both of them were set up, but I... I want to say that it was later, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't actually know. I just know that there's the regular one and then the gold one. Yeah, because most special editions would be like that. The original would come out, and then let's give them a... The game of the year Yeah, edition. let's give them yeah. a fancy one. Let's give them a cool one. Let's find out. I mean, think about it. If you have your game, it's the first one to sell a million copies, wouldn't you do something to try to keep that train yeah. going? Now we can get it in gold. Oh, gold, right? Yeah. And that ended up being the more popular copy. It's, so, it looks so cool. Why would it not be? Well, <laughs> I, it's true. But then now, as a collector, the gray copy is actually more sought after than the gold copy. Yes. Now, people think they want the gold copy, but if you really are looking for rarity, there was, there, I think, since the gold was more... Sought after back then, yeah, mass yeah. produced that you would go after the green. I, honestly, I just like how the gold looks when it hasn't been too beat up. Yeah, once um, it gets beat up, it really it starts to peel. It loses the shine. Yes, but um, it's beautiful, right? And, and if it, again, if you guys are are just just tuning in, <laughs> we're talking about the uh, Legend of Zelda the cart variant. So the cartridge came in two separate uh, colors. One was just the regular gray, and the other one was what was called gold. I guess. Um, Were there any games, <clears throat> other games that had different colors? Yeah. So there was a couple ones. So so I talked to you guys already about Nintendo having that third party uh-huh. seal uh-huh. and the lock on it. Well, there were some companies that figured out how to get around it. Oh. One called Tengen. Okay. And Tengen was like a black cartridge and it was different. Like it has a different look to it. Yeah. Um, I've showed you guys those before. I've got like a Roadrunner game and like a... I think a baseball, like RBI baseball game, but they, third party started to figure it out. They started to figure it out, and to be honest, it was the precursor to Nintendo hating ROMs. Well, and, and I Nintendo know... Nintendo hating copying Later or, cartridge... Later, car, later game yeah, consoles right. have games that have different color cartridges. Correct, they do. But yep. I didn't know if it was common for the original Nintendo. So there was some games. There was some games that kind of went that way. You've got Legend of Zelda. Um, there is a couple, I think, that had like a blue mm. tint to it. 
Um, but commonly, most cartridges were gray. Yeah. They were just gray. I think there was a white one as well down huh. the line, too. Also, some of this stuff got rebranded, changed to sell in other markets. So it did, Nintendo didn't do well in Europe. Nintendo didn't do huh. well in Russia. They actually had to go and create a clone system that they called, like, Didney, some stupid name. And then they didn't have good third-party uh, support for it, so they were just making like a bunch of bootleg games out in Russia. Interesting. For this Deadney system. And they had like a lawsuit and stuff from it, but Nintendo was, they were struggling. Mm -hmm. So when I say like they, after the crash of 1983, they're like, what do we do? Yeah. We can't get into Europe. We can't get into Russia. No one cares. We're changing the name of the consoles. We're adding like bootleg copies yeah. of stuff to get people to buy it. And then the US market just blew up. And people loved the Nintendo. And mm -hmm. Nintendo became a household name. At any given point, a third of the U.S. owned a Nintendo console. I get that. Like, it was, that's what you did. Like, you would play Nintendo with your friends. And, of course, parents, the first couple of years, were like, it's just a toy. They didn't know that the kids were playing video games in the other room. Yeah. They thought the kid were playing with Rob the Robot. Their robot toy. So it became this marketing thing where not only did Nintendo sneak in there... Because parents are like, I'm just buying a Christmas toy. Well, because it, probably because they're also like, I already bought you that other one that's right? a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying you this one. Right. And there was marketing, and the marketing was different. So for Nintendo, it was, you know, you're staying in your room, you're being safe, you're not out and about. With Sega, it was all about you're huddled around the arcade with your friends causing trouble. Mm -hmm. And like, so it just, it, I don't know, it did everything right for, for it to be that console that just stays. Um, relevant for so yeah. long. So here's some crazy ass numbers. Okay. The fix your microphone. Thanks. <laughs> I figured he could hear himself. Yeah, so I could. He... I was oh, good. okay. Uh, I, the, 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 you that's just okay. get mad at us whenever we're wrong. <laughs> I do. Cause I can hear you. I know the, uh, NES was produced until 1995 in the U S dang. Okay. The Famicom, was produced until 2003 in Japan. Like still cartridges. 2003, still rocking the original Famicom, like the white and the red Whoa. toy so, with wow. games supported until 2003. It still 8-bit games. Yes. Wow. It wasn't until the Super Nintendo came out in 1991, the Sega Genesis, and then the PlayStation hits around 94, 95, then Nintendo's like, okay, sales. We need are to move into disc based. Sales games. are slowing down. Yeah, yeah, but it literally went for that long. Wow. Right. Which is, I, I find that to be incredibly unrealistic for consoles these days to last longer than five, six years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Famicom came out in 1983. That's crazy. It lasted for 20 years. 20 years. That's crazy. 20 years. That's it. It's insane. And of course, they're trying to like port stuff from the. 16-bit era to the 8-bit yeah. era. Uh, Nintendo's 8-bit um, consoles, though, to this day, your music is iconic. Your yeah. games are iconic. Um, I know we, we jumped into this. And we kind of uh, deferred, but Super Mario Brothers 3, that was like their, like their send-off. Like, that was like, this is the last Mario game we're going to make for this system. Yeah. And we're going to throw it all in there. And if you guys don't know the story, and this could be on another episode, but it's very NES-related... The popularity of the original Mario Brothers was so good, so good. They needed a number two. They yeah. needed a Mario Brothers two out. And uh, over in Japan, they produced it. Super Mario Brothers two is a very different game than what we got here mm -hmm. in the U.S. 
The problem is it's too hard. It, they literally increased the difficulty level. The very first level, people were dying. They couldn't get past it. And so they were like, shoot, what do we do? We got to like rework this or it's not good for our US market. And that was nice for, for Nintendo because they were able to test stuff in Japan, being kind of a smaller market. Yeah. And just see, did it work? Do people enjoy the game? And just they knew there's no way. US wouldn't love it. Call us lazy. Call us whatever. They're like, they're not going to work hard at trying to beat this game. It's going to be too overwhelming. So why they worked on that, they pulled it from a US release and they got, we got Super Mario Brothers 2. Super Mario Brothers 2 was a completely different game. It's called Doki Doki Doki. Doki Doki Panic? No. Dochi. I forget now. I feel so bad. I'm going I'm <laughs> to I'm gonna have to put it in the comments. But um, this game was basically rebranded as Super Mario, and they just replaced the characters with Mario Brothers characters. So they replaced it with a Peach. They replaced it with a Toad, a Luigi, and a Mario. It's a very for, Doki Panic. Thank you. Doki Doki Panic. It's a very different yes. game. Very different game. But still to this day, it is some of... Not only collectors, but some of people's favorite because it was so different. It's not my favorite, yeah. but I really enjoy playing it because it's fun. Right. Um, but I love the music in it. It's, it is, yeah, it it's is so cool. different. It's, if you guys don't know, spoiler alert, it ends up being a dream, so it's not part of canon. Yeah. Uh, Mario's just taking a nap and he yeah, wakes up and he's like, damn it. Um, but so the villains are unique. It added a lot of lore, and there's still characters that have transitioned from there yes. over to I the new consoles. I think that's where consoles. you meet Shy Guys. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so. The thing is, is they had all this time to develop Super Mario Bros. 3. Because yeah. they're like, what do we do? We got to basically... We have to have a good third game. Yeah, so they yeah. didn't have to work on Super Mario Bros. 2. They just put new they characters in it. slapped the characters on Right, it. sent it out. And yeah. so now it's Super Mario Bros. 3. And if you want to know how powerful the NES really was, you play oh. Super Mario Bros. 3. Oh my God. That's like, what? And if you look at Super Mario Bros. 1 compared to 3, yes. it's like mind-blowing. That was my thing sometimes is like, you play these games and like, Super Mario Brothers, even some of the Ninja Turtle games, you're like, yep. okay, this is yep. Nintendo. <laughs> right. But then you see Super Mario Brothers 3 and you're like, this is the height of what you can do with the 8-bit graphics and what you can do on this console. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I have played that game so many times. It is so good. It doesn't get old. No, like, it doesn't it get so old. It's so fun. Yep. The controls um, are like spot on. I mean, and number one was great too. Like, to be honest, the controls yeah, I, for most of it I have, have been zero fantastic. complaints about the original Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario 3, though, it's just like it took that yeah. and made it better. And it's arguably most people's favorite Super Mario game. Yeah, it's probably... For, for, for the for the side-scroller stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yep. yeah. Yep. Out of the side-scroller yep. ones, 100% is my favorite. So that's, that's Nintendo in a nutshell. Like, that is how we got the NES console. Its popularity grew just because they faked people out through a toy in their house, and then they had a video game console attached to it. Wow. And then that's why you have Nintendo consoles wow. to this day. So what What we're like, we don't have to like, I'm sure time-wise we're running out no, of the time. Good. But like when you think about the games that you played as a kid, like what were like a handful of the ones that you used to play? So, I, so my favorite game of all time for Nintendo is Jackal. It's basically like these two military trucks top down like a shooter and you're throwing grenades and like like uh machine guns i've watched you play yep. that and you could play it two player which is really cool um sometimes you couldn't do that couch co-op stuff it was always like one person then another person yes if you play mario brothers you play mario as and a two player luigi. you die then it's your turn as luigi yeah um but uh excite bike i played a lot oh, of excite bike okay. which was very cool it's a very unique one um you got to hit your jumps just right, and you have to go over these portals that fill your gas tank up. 
Oh, cool. And if you miss your gas tank, then you're, you slow down. Um, and if you crash, you have to hit your button really fast to get your bike back up. But that one was always cool, and it had really good music to it. Um, Nintendo re- released, I think, 17 titles at launch. Like, that's what you could oh, get wow. with the console. And uh, I think a site bike was one of them. Oh, cool. So, um, and you know, you can see they're called the black labels and they have a very unique look to them. It's like very digital looking, like eight bit style graphic art uh, on it. And it's a black label and it'll just, it won't have any special uh, writing. It won't have any special like uh, art font, like that type of stuff. It's very plain Jane on those ones, but those are what's, those were the original ones that were available to you and a couple of them that control Rob as a game. Sure. There's one one called uh oh crew uh hard hard hat crew or something. Dude, I'm so bad at these names right now, but it's basically like Mario as a character and you're running around like a construction zone and then uh and then there was another one that controlled him too, but there was it you could tell they quickly didn't invest in Rob anymore. Oh, it was a gimmick. Yes, because once it was in they the house. They were just like, peace yeah, out. Right, yeah, once it was in the house, they're like, okay, screw Rob, guys. This is not yeah, what that was like, about. Yeah, they're like, get the fuck out of let's here. Throw, let's throw the games in there. Yeah. So um, Nintendo, by the way, th- you know how they got 30% off of those third-party companies? That's That business plan helped them all the way until 2010. They were charging 30, Damn. 30% from every third party that wanted that but same I think, service. But it's hard because especially as Nintendo continued to grow, mm-hmm. you'd take the 30% just so you could get your game on a Nintendo console. Yes, and that was they were so huge. Now, it's almost guaranteed sales. And Nintendo's had their ups and their downs, right? The, the Nintendo was awesome. The Super Nintendo fought really hard against the Sega Genesis when that first came out. Um, and then they've had some, some real big winners. The Wii was a huge winner. The Switch has been a huge winner. But then you've had stuff like the GameCube and the Wii U that have not traditionally done very well. Okay, so, we'll, do, uh, we'll do one-on-ones yeah, on we'll do one-on-ones on those ones. stepchild that yeah. didn't get enough love, okay? <laughs> and even the 64, it can have questions about it. So, sure. um, but, but, the, but Nintendo... They did so many things right that the previous uh, video game manufacturers before 83 didn't care about. They didn't care about the quality. No. They let anybody produce it. They didn't care about the music. They didn't care about creating a... Well, there are some games for the Atari that are just silent. Yeah, they they didn't care about creating a lock chip. So anybody could just produce games for whatever. Yeah. I could just say, oh, I produced an Atari game. As long as I can make the cartridge fit, I can make the shittiest game ever and mm-hmm. sell it for 40 bucks a piece. Nintendo was like, no, you need our chip to make it work. So, you, so I mean, it was just they, they, they created a lot of smart decisions to make sure that their product was going to be quality. They could control it. Um, and then that, that let, got you all the way up into today's market now where NES games, Nintendo is still pissed if – they're available for a ROM download. Oh, yeah. Right? It's very like, difficult to get mm-hmm. Nintendo ROMs. Yeah. So so to this day, Nintendo's still going after <laughs> companies that are trying to figure out how the, to get those lockout chips. Well, like, Nintendo's done. always so, been very yeah. particular about their proprietary stuff. Well, they it's because of the seal of quality. It all started yeah. there. They're just like, we don't want to be known for any shit games. And yeah. they aren't. But sometimes that means they won't allow third parties to work with them if it's not good enough. Or sometimes it means that you wait a very long time for a game. Right. Or these people are like, we don't want to pay your 30% 30 cost. So it makes sense why Nintendo's kind of gotten themselves screwed up a couple times. So, uh, yeah, that's guys, that's NES. That's NES in 
a 101 nutshell. Cool, man. That's where they came from. That's what it's about. The controller design had already happened a couple times over from other manufacturers. Um, the only thing is Nintendo created that D-pad, like making that D-pad legit. So, yeah, honestly, the, that's the one yeah. thing I don't love about playing the Nintendo for yep. an extended <laughs> amount of time yeah. is like it is not comfortable for your hands. Right. No, the, the, the controller itself has some... Uh, let's say opportunities on it, but it's a very sharp controller. And when I say sharp, I mean like the edges are really sharp. They're, they're pointy. Yeah. Um, and you hold it for a long period of time. You'll have indentations in your hand yes. and that D pad will wreck your thumb yeah. after a while based on the type of game that you want to play. And so. honestly, you could really tell that between they, they moving forward, they really thought about comfortability. Mm -hmm. So, yep. and, and to be honest, their next, incarnation of the Super Nintendo controller proves that they did everything it, right. Oh my god, it's so good. The most comfortable controller it's in great. my eyes for uh, for like that 16-bit era. Yeah. Um, and then and then Nintendo just got the games right. Not only did the Zeldas, the Marios, the uh, the Metroid all start there, Kirby came mm -hmm. out then. We we had uh, Contra. The Contra series yeah. started there, which was incredible. Konami, in general, came out with the Castlevania series. Yes. Like, this is all stuff that, without the Nintendo, without a guy lying about the product, right. without a toy getting it into the household, you wouldn't see any of this stuff. It would have flopped. It would have died. It would have been in a, a landfill, just like E.T., yep. Atari. And we would be, what, playing just mobile iPad games for the rest of our lives? I don't know. Who <laughs> just knows? Saying I mean, it gave Nintendo the name that they have today. That lets them make millions of dollars off of all those IPs too. That lets them have Chris Pratt as Mario. Mar <laughs> it's a me. I'm not Pratt. happy about it. <laughs> uh, awesome. You guys have any other questions about the Nintendo? I don't think so, man. Well, uh, we. How much did it cost when it first came out? Um, oh, good question. Yeah, I actually didn't research the cost on the system. Oh my God. I know. What I screwed up. New? I screwed up. I'm sorry. I didn't. Wow. I, didn't, I thought I didn't, this was a 101. It was a. Re, it was Not a, a level 99 class. <laughs> I think that's a 102 <laughs> question. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure they were right around the like. I was gonna say 200 bucks. Do you want yeah. the answer? Yeah. With no game. Yep. Ninety dollars. Yeah. Okay. So the control just deck was with only $90. Super Mario. Yeah. Hundred. Oh, it was only ten bucks for the edition game. Ten more for the there game. There you go. All right. I did. I did read. Why that would I, you not buy the game? I did read that. I thought the right? control deck was two fifty though. I know. Or, that or, no, I mean, sorry. The uh, the deluxe one that had Rob and stuff with it was like two. If I remember correctly, I know this is off topic. Yeah. The Super Nintendo was a hundred. One ninety nine ninety nine. It was one ninety nine, and and again that we can go down the Super Nintendo one hundred and one because that's an incredible yes. console. It has a lot of stuff to it. But. Rob was an extra fifty bucks. No, oh. I thought the deluxe console maybe it had additional stuff with it, but I thought it was around the two fifty. Sorry. Oh, no, maybe you're. I'm maybe wrong. you should have researched it. One fifty. Mm. Sorry, mm. these ladies care about price. Um, mm. No, I would be very interested to find out. Like, like so, people listening. Uh, I will throw something up on our Instagram when this episode uh, yeah, goes up. No doubt. So check out our Instagram at Real Awkward Podcast. Um, on our stories, I'm going to throw up a thing. Uh, I want to know what your favorite Super, uh, what your favorite Nintendo game, regular is. Nintendo, um, the Nintendo. Whether you found it your favorite, <laughs> whether it became your favorite now right. or it was one when you were a kid, whatever. I'm just curious what other people play. So that's what's crazy is so once the Famicom disappeared mm -hmm. in 2003, all of a sudden Nintendo became a collector's uh, journey. 
Yes. So collectors started to go back and play the original Nintendo game. So it was kind of like it came full circle again well, with thing, the collection of full sets of Nintendo. One thing I think yeah. is really cool, and you're seeing it on a lot of different consoles now, mm-hmm. is people, it's coming back as in now people are making newer games right. for these older consoles. Yep. Um, and I think it's really cool. There's right, this, it is awesome. There's this one guy that I follow on Instagram, and he makes new games. He made a Ghostbusters 2 game. Right, and um, that's what's cool is it's actually not that hard to develop now. Back yep. then, you didn't know what you were doing, but now there's algorithms and you software. You can just create it, put it on a ROM, and... Yeah. sell it out so yeah, i think it's I mean, really cool we talked about this maybe but i have a ninja turtle pac-man one where the pac-man is a pizza and the turtles are the ghosts oh cute but it's like re but that's it it's just rehashed you code it a little bit differently and yeah there you go i think so. it's cool and, and it's a fun way to keep the older consoles fresh yes is mm-hmm. yeah they're not really nintendo games right but it's just a fun way to try make new things if you're a retro gamer Nintendo's in your library. Absolutely. And so for you to have a reason to keep going back to it, I hope is forever. So yeah. it's super awesome. Well, and the I hate to say it this way, but like the Nintendo console and the games can take a bit of a beating. Yeah. So oh, it's, they were like, tanks. Yeah. Yes. So like yes. it's okay for kids to play them. Right. And they're pretty basic. So yeah. it, they're not hard to learn how to play these games it was a it was a d-pad up down left two right buttons and a d-pad an a button and a b button yep. and a select and start button yep. like you can't really screw much of it up yeah. yeah in a lot of games you go forward and you jump so <laughs> it was it was very unique uh to its time but it just it blew the whole like atari age out of the water yeah um, from the 83 stuff and nintendo forever we thank you for being around so we thank you. We thank you. <laughs> All right. Awesome guys. Uh, Amanda, where can people find us if they need to? Okay. Uh, check out our Instagram at real awkward podcast. Um, if you like us, share this episode with a friend and, uh, if you can review it. Excellent. And guys come back and see us for our next one Oh one episode, depending on what it is. We don't know. It'll yeah, be a surprise. Sure. Uh, Ash. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.